This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. The passing of Sister Berta Saylor last week brought to an end a story chapter in this town. Sister Berta and her partner, Sister Carita, launched Operation Breakthrough, a child care center that's grown to be Missouri's largest. The center is not only a daily home to hundreds of Kansas City children, it's also the place that many of our poorest residents go for help when they need it. The work of Operation Breakthrough continues, but without its two founders. Joining me now are are two employees of the center to remember sisters Berta and Carita. They are Jennifer Heineman, is uh, Director of Stewardship and Planned Giving at Operation Breakthrough. Jennifer, good to have you. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Michelle Jones is the Pantry and Donation Specialist. Michelle, good to have you too. Good morning. And here's Sister Berta talking about the importance of helping others. Well, I think some people feel that being religious is spending time in church spending time praying, and, and that that is true. But if that's all you do, and you don't help anyone, I think when we die, the question is going to be asked, who did you help? Not, you know, you know how many people did you pray with today? Yeah. And so you just kind of got to, and I don't know if I'm right. I'll know when I'm dead if I was right. Jennifer Heineman, tell our listeners who Sister Berta was. Sister Berta was everyone's best friend. Yes, she was. If you were a two-year-old, she would sit you on her knee and give you her full attention. If you were a mom who was just evicted and didn't have any idea where to go, she was your buddy. She would sit with you. She'd listen to you. She'd help you figure out where to go that night. Right. If you were a volunteer who wanted to help and didn't know how, she was your best friend. She hooked you up with a classroom where you could make a difference. Yeah. She was a lot of things to a lot yes. of people. Michelle, who who was she for you? She was more like a mom, a mentor, and my hero. Hmm. Why was she your hero? Because she taught me so much where when I first walked into Operation Breakthrough, she brought me in with my three daughters. She showed me that. She showed me how to build my self-esteem back up. She showed me the kindness, the kind things. It's kind of hard right now, but she, this woman, she showed me a lot, like in the process. And I took everything she showed me from educate me to learn how to budget, education me, how to get off state assistance. She, she did all this and I ran with it and I don't get none of that no more. Huh. So it's a huge loss for you. Yes. Uh, Jennifer, how'd you get connected with Sister Berta? I was a reporter at the Star, and I was looking for someone to write about. A person I interviewed was talking to Berta and just having the best time, so I decided I needed to go find her. Hmm. And there'd never been a story written about the sisters, and so I was the lucky person who got to do that. What do you remember writing about them? What struck you in that first story? Do you recall? Just how much they laughed in sad <laughs> situations. Um how much they loved the children, 
how much difference they could make in one single day in so many people's lives. And, and it was all very real. They, they just, you know, if there was a truck to be unloaded, the nuns were out there unloading it. If somebody had a bad diaper, they were changing it. There was just no division between them and the families. You know, you told our producer, Jennifer, that Sister Berta was a renegade nun. <laughs> if it was good for the kids, you know, she was going to do it. Is that sort of what you meant there? Absolutely, yes. The funniest examples I can think of of that is, you know, licensing likes to have a certain number of children in a building, and when you have too many, you could get in trouble. Well, she was pretty famous for a shell game of putting a bunch of kids on a bus and sending them on a field trip so that we could always have more children to care for than we could literally legally have in the building. Michelle's nodding her head as you're talking about that. You remember that too, eh? We'll be right back. And Michelle, you told our producer that Sister Berta literally saved your life. Does that sound about right? Yes. Yeah. In what way? She saved my life from domestic violence. Uh, I came to her with a detective that she knew. She has so many friends. I learned that over the years. Like She she was like the president. She knew everyone, mm -hmm. put it like that. And mm -hmm. the detective talked to her, came over, and then I had to come a John Doe from Kansas to Missouri. And she took me and my three girls in. And we didn't. They didn't have no room, like Miss Jennifer was saying. But she found room. She found room for each one of my kids in a neighborhood to be in. She did not care. Yeah. Yeah. So in that way, you were in a really tough jam at that point. You're. I think you're underplaying it a little bit. It was yes. really tough for you. Yes. Really tough. Yeah. And there she was. And she was right there for me. She stayed by me the whole way. In the middle of the night, I gather, something like that, right? I was with her like almost 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. We would always go to Winstead's every night when I'd leave Operation Breakthrough. Really? Yeah. Well, what made you feel so comfortable and safe with Sister Bird and Michelle as you think back on it now? I don't know. By meeting her, she was just like, a, like I was saying, like, I don't have that relationship like that with my mom. But Sister Berta was like a mom. She is a woman that she didn't care where you came from. She didn't care whatever. She loved you for who you was. Um, she was just there for me. She listened to me, even if I was right or wrong. She mm -hmm. had me no matter what. So, Jennifer, that sums up a whole lot about Sister Berta, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. It it was fun for me to watch her as a mother because, you know, she and Sister Carita adopted four children. Yeah. And so I could connect with her on that level after she became a parent. And um, it was fun to watch all of her preconceptions about parenthood fall by the wayside. Yeah. Take us back, if you would, Jennifer, to how Sister Berta and Sister Carita came to co-found Operation Breakthrough to begin with. They were teaching at St. Vincent's School at 31st and Flora Catholic School, and the children in the neighborhood didn't happen to be Catholic. Uh, the sisters could not have cared any less about that. They were having a great time educating neighborhood kids, but the church came and was going to close the school. And the nuns said, well, our children need a school, so we'll just keep going. Thank you very much. If you'll just let us use the school building for free, we will become a nonprofit and carry on. And, and they did. They did. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, Operation Breakthrough today is so much more than a child care center. Tell us a little bit about some of the programs that are there right now, Jennifer. 
We have 772 children enrolled now, and they range in age from zero to 18. Wow. And it's the biggest child care center in the entire state, I believe. I, you know, I don't keep track of the stats. It's, yeah. It feels big to me these days. Yeah. We're on both sides of Troost. We have a bridge across the street. That's right. Um, we do full day early education for children who are zero to five. So they go to school ready to learn. We do before and after school and summer programming for school-age children, and uh, we really introduce them to a lot of experiences that they wouldn't maybe already have. Um, and then our high school students are in the Ignition Lab. It's a workforce development program with 10 pathways to different career fields. That's on the west side of Truce, the yes. new facility you're talking yes. about there. Right. Yeah, we just did a broadcast there a couple of years ago. And but but the the operation breakthrough is so much more than a childcare center. It really is a community hub, a gathering place, right? Definitely, um, we work with uh, children in public schools. We bring them in during the day while our own children are at their schools. We send our bus to Hogan Prep and De La Salle to bring their students in to take advantage of our um, opportunities. Um, so there's always children in our building, and they're always being educated and cared for. Can you begin to describe why this work was so important to Sister Berta? I think it goes back to her childhood. She was the child of a single mom. Uh, she, Her mom you know, had some issues and struggled, like some of the moms that she worked with later in life. She was raised by her grandmother, as many of the children at Operation Breakthrough are being raised. And she didn't grow up with a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and so I think she understood how lonely it can be if your bio family isn't able to be there for you and there's not a lot of money. She couldn't have gone to college without becoming a nun. So she understood in a way um, where our families are coming from. Right. Michelle, I'm wondering if you can describe some of the types of people that Operation Breakthrough helps today. Can you give me some sense of the range of individuals who are being helped? Well, we help anywhere from families like like was like me was um domestic violence. We help people that are like getting off drugs. We help the community where um if they don't have how like they homeless. We help um we help so many different people. We don't turn our back on no one. Mm -hmm. We help a lot of working moms, moms who too. just don't either get enough hours on the job or their hourly wage is so low, there's no way they could pay someone else to take good care of their children while they worked. So if they weren't able to bring them to us, they might not be able to join the workforce. Yeah. I get the impression that she worked herself like all day long from the moment she got up to late at night. Can you describe that to us? Well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I met her, ever since I knew her, she always would be at OB like at probably about four or five. But when you get there like at six or seven, she's already there and she never leaves until about nine, ten, eleven o'clock. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I didn't make it home until like nine, ten thirty. But I don't like going home anyway. I love where I work and mm -hmm. I love being there. I got the sense that the phone calls would come even in the middle of the night. Yes. I have that right, Jennifer? Oh, I'm sure that's true. Yes. Yeah. I mean, everyone had her phone number. Yeah. And she was everyone's first call. 
You know, she actually started uh, a bus tour, the city you never see, it's called, or the poverty tour is how I always refer to it. Tell me about that, because again, I've taken the tour any, any number of times with my classes at UMKC. It's really impactful to the young people who go on these tours. What is it? Well, it is uh, Sister Berta's way of uh, trying to erase the thinking that there's an us and a them. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. was something she worked her whole life for. And so she wanted to put people of influence on a bus, maybe people who didn't drive down Troost on a daily basis. And the school bus wasn't air conditioned. So if it was August and it was 100 degrees, she was kind of happy that we all on the bus had to suffer because people don't have AC everywhere. Right. She'd go around the neighborhoods where our children live. Our parents, Michelle's done it many times, would get on the bus, tell their story. Not a woe is me story, but a here's what my challenges were. Here's how I faced them yeah. and here's how I'm doing now. Just real talk about what it's like to live in poverty or to live without a, a spouse to help you raise kids in the urban core. And the bus sort of drives through neighborhoods and it stops periodically and different people get on like you, Michelle, and yes. you simply tell your story. Could you tell what kind of impact you were having when you were having those conversations with, with people? What? Well, what I got out of it for me, with me telling my story, it makes me feel better because you can sit there, you can have your story, you can hold it in forever. But in the process, if you let it go and you keep talking about it, then you'll start smiling on it instead of hurting. Yeah. But when you leave a story inside your body, like in, in your mind, it hurt more. But once you were able to just get on that bus and talk about it, you're growing, you're growing away from that story. Huh. And that's how I feel. Well, let's listen to Sister Berta again from, I think, a conversation in this room a number of years ago, talking about folks who are not well off financially. You see these mothers trying so hard, and they're working and doing, you know, working for pittance and living in a shelter and trying to make it. And people look down on them, and they're not. They're some of the bravest people mm -hmm. I've met. Wow. That says it pretty well, doesn't it? Do you think she was aware of the impact she had on Kansas Cityans, Jennifer? I don't think she ever stopped to think about it. She only yeah. cared about the impact she was making on the family that was right in front of her eyes because she gave them her full attention. She was in the moment yes, all the time. Yes, all the time. As you think back on it, what kind of impact do you think she had on you? Oh, she changed my entire life. In what way? I, well, I'm not a newspaper reporter anymore, for mm -hmm. one thing. I, a lot of people, I guess, in that field are not. But yeah. uh, I, she changed my career course. She added uh, members to our family. Um, one of her foster daughters calls me mom, and that makes me happier than almost anything else. Now mm -hmm. I get to be Mimi to her two little girls. I knew nothing about people who didn't have everything they needed before I met her. Yeah. What memory do you think will stick with you the most as you look back on your years with her? Probably just how much we laughed, which would surprise people. And I don't mean to suggest we were laughing at anyone. Right. But you have to laugh sometimes. And she had the best sense of humor, and she could make you feel comfortable in really difficult situations using humor. Huh. Michelle, how about you? She, my, my memory with her and what made me successful is like she's my role model. So everything that she did, I watched her, I admired it, and now I'm kind of like doing it. 
Like I just came a foster mom myself. Did you? Yes. You're trying to channel Berta every day. Yes. Yeah. What's been the impact of her passing on Operation Breakthrough, Michelle? It's like, it's sad. It's a big impact on everyone because you can just see the emotions and all the things that when you walk around with the staff and then the parents and how they hurt. But in the good part, we look at it like she's still here because there's an angel just looking down on us. So You feel that all the time. I feel it. Well, that's a good way to wrap up this segment. That was the voice of Michelle Jones. She's the pantry and donation specialist at Operation Breakthrough. Jennifer Heineman also joined us, a director of stewardship and planned giving at Operation Breakthrough. What a passing. What a moment, right? Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Lauren Texter. Paul Nakatura works our board. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.